Hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host Joel and I'm coming to you today from a brand new space that I'm hoping you're going to be seeing a lot more of now. I'm trying to get in, getting into the streaming thing over on the purple channel. Why do you say purple channel, Matt? Because apparently if you say the T word, YouTube will grab that apparently and push you down in the order though. They don't like the T word. Oh no, that's the, that's their competition. It's getting there. Starts with T, rhymes with itch, and apparently don't say it anymore. <laughs> don't say it ever. I'd also like to send a big thank you to Mad Viking, who have dressed me for this week's show. They uh, gave me some beard oil, too. I uh, I had written a bunch of Viking-themed companies because I knew War of Realms was coming out, but I jumped the <laughs> gun. I forgot that it doesn't come out till April. <laughs> uh, just a couple of months ahead of yourself. Cape Joel the businessman. <laughs> And everybody <laughs> but no they were nice enough to send this stuff my way and i wanted to wear it on the show and tell you all about it you've probably seen their stuff on instagram well you can check them out too they do fine work they dressed me and they can do the same for you awesome now what have you been up to matt what's your week been like uh my week has been working and this weekend i've just been like playing some resident evil yeah. uh just catching up on comics and everything and i obviously start my new job next week so i'm looking forward to actually having proper hours to be able to do stuff that'll be nice which again it's up in the air right now and i won't hold us to anything but the show for recording purposes might go back to sunday which again doesn't affect any of you watching this right now on youtube probably because it doesn't go up till wednesday anyway but if you're a patron yeah. which you can become for as little as a dollar you can watch it as soon as we're done whatever night we do it yeah so you know that's that's an important one to remember yeah now, I'm glad to say, Matt, this week when it actually comes to news, we actually have things to talk about. We do. Which uh, is getting harder and harder as we get to that weird time of the year that, you know, screw you, it's January, never-ending February. No one ever wants to announce or do anything. Yeah, yeah. And once we get past those, we're in, like, like summertime where everything happens. Everything happens at once. But I'm glad to say we got a, a, a big, big, big chungus filled list of news here and and thank you to our fan out there who when i said hey <laughs> should should photoshop big chungus into the new guardians of the galaxy they did it they did it and, it, and it's everything <laughs> i hoped it would have been matt and more <laughs> it's so good this needs to become a new meme now for big superhero group shots you need to put big chungus in there what what other <laughs> strange internet characters could you put in there if we were building an internet avengers Hmm. Oh, the frog from Here Come Dat Boy. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Which, that feels like a billion years ago now, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Man, th this is the problem with meme Avengers, because when you start thinking of old memes, it's like, oh, that's stupid. Like, right now, obviously, the leader of the meme Avengers should be Shaggy, because he's too powerful. Yeah, he's he's the god. He's, yeah, so. he's only ever been using a fraction of his power, everyone. You just, you just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> man i don't meme but i'm happy to say that due to my knowledge of scooby doory i was more than happy to jump on the shaggy is incredibly powerful meme by just getting weird pictures of shaggy in costume from scooby-doo movies and putting those up <laughs> the, the, the one i was most proud of was uh n shaganur which I just took a bunch of stuff from Apocalypse's backstory and put it under a picture of Shaggy <laughs> dressed up as a pharaoh. 
hey, he, he did all that stuff, so, you know. He, did. he, <laughs> he is, is who Apocalypse is based on. He is Ed Shagunur, <laughs> the first one, zoinks. It's, it's real, it happened. And then I just took a bunch of Santa Killers and Bible passages and put it under Shaggy dressed as a cowboy. Yep. And I felt yep. pretty good about that. Again, if you're not following me on Twitter, people, that's what you're missing. You're missing the piping hot Shaggy memes, the way that only Joel can do <laughs> to you. Uh, but you know what? I'm just, you know, I'm just the inevitable, Matt. You know, we had to talk about this at some point, and I'm just delaying it here. Uh, we talked about this back when it was only a rumor. But we pretty much knew it had to be real, and now it's been 100% confirmed. Ben Affleck is now out with Batman. He's done with it. Yeah. He's hung up his cape. He's absolutely finished with it. And we all knew this was happening, you know, back when Justice League was just about to come out, when he was giving really shitty promo interviews. And... You could see it on his face. <laughs> the man was miserable. He was dying inside. And really... I think that's a major indictment of how you've run your superhero universe that you yeah. you made it miserable to be Batman. That shouldn't be. Being Batman should be the most fun thing in the world, but it wasn't for Ben Affleck. Yeah, well, like, look at when he started. Like, he was really excited to be, be the character and um, have another go at a superhero character, and he just ruined it, like, everyone involved. It, it literally took years off his life, and it hurt him. Remember when they cast him as Batman, we were all excited, because it's like, oh, yeah, he just came off Argo in the town. He's reinventing yeah, himself yeah. as this actor, director. Oh, and they're going to let him write and direct a Batman movie? That's going to be great. And then it's like, oh, oh, well, his other projects are actually suffering now. We Own the Night was not very good. Oh, he's not going to get... To write or direct that Batman movie, and they keep pushing it back, and oh, well, that doesn't yep. look good. Oh, he's got a shitty Phoenix tattoo now? Oh, now he went back to rehab? <laughs> Shit. I just, just remembered that, that fucking Phoenix tattoo. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag never forget shitty Phoenix tattoo. What was he thinking? Literally being Batman jump-started a midlife crisis for this poor man. Hanging around with Zack Snyder. <laughs> jump-started a midlife crisis. Zack Snyder is midlife crisis incarnate. If he, That's his superpower if he just touches you. <laughs> then you too will grow a shitty tattoo. <laughs> it gets even sadder because you hear like Ben Affleck say, Oh yeah, I did this for my kids because I wanted them to see me as Batman. Yeah, so, yeah. And he probably didn't see much of his kids because they kept calling him back for reshoots and kept shuffling yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. In a perfect world, maybe he could have been a good Batman, but the scripts weren't there, the writing wasn't there, and even just the idea of having a older Dark Knight Returns style Batman with like Ezra Miller and all these younger people and even Henry Cavill who was younger than him too just didn't make any goddamn sense. It was doomed to fail from the get-go. Yeah, well, not only that, I think within, like, the second Justice League film, they were going to kill him off. Yeah, that too. Yeah, so to make any sense, the cast is acting, oh, you only get to be in, like, three films, and then we're going to kill you off. It didn't, it didn't make any sense. I will say, of all the things I didn't like of the DC Snyderverse, I guess he was one of the things I didn't hate. I was confused by it, but I didn't hate him again in a perfect mm -hmm. world there could have been something but sadly we do not live in a perfect world no 
and I will admit from a very cynical point of view as a comic book YouTuber, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yes, yes, kiss the new Batman. Yes, yes, many <laughs> hits, much to talk about on show forever and ever <laughs> now. Always be recasting Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Cast him every week. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that news that makes me Russian. I guess like the, the darker instincts of my humanity sound like <laughs> Boris Badenov in the back of my head. <laughs> yes, Batman Squirrel, we will see a we will all see. <laughs> Shut up, evil Joel, in the back of my head. Don't don't make light of this man's misery. <laughs> and uh, I, we officially heard that he was out because Matt Reeves piped up again after what feels like years worth of radio silence to say, look, the Batman, the new The Batman, the movie, is coming out the 20, the uh, 2021. Yeah, yeah. Which, goddamn, you gave yourself a nice breath of two whole years to get this movie done. Well, on top, on top of like the years they've already spent doing it. <laughs> this better be a good fucking film. Batman should be the easiest hero to do. I know, I know. And they continually just cancel. Like this should be a gimme, is what this should be. This should be a mulligan, and yet they can't mm. just do it. Yeah, I. I don't understand why. And that they've given themselves a breath of two years to get it done. If I take some solace, it's that, all right, here's hoping that now that they've given themselves this time and they're going to have to find a new actor, here's hoping when they do do The Batman, it will be closer in quality to Wonder Woman and Aquaman and what Shazam looks to be. Hopefully. We can hope. We can dream. I, I guess, too, I'll, I'll open the floor to all sorts of, uh, of crazy accusations and all sorts of crazy casting rumors. Who would you like to see as Batman, Matt? I think we've all been casting him in our minds now. I I want them to do, like, just go with an unknown, but they won't do that. No, they won't. Which, again, is another give me, it's a Batman movie. Everyone's gonna see a Batman movie. Yeah. You can literally cast whoever you want. Cast unknown, pick someone from TV hell. Pick someone from the theater, grab someone off stage and be like, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh I don't really know who would make a good Batman. I know Jake Gyllenhaal was the rumor floating around for a little mm. bit. And he's a little younger. He's like thirty eight, I think. Mm, yeah. So you can get a couple movies out of him. I know. At first, I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal, that's ridiculous. Then, you know, I rewatched Prisoners, and I rewatched Nightcrawler, and I'm like, oh, no, no, wait, he's he's got the darkness yeah. in him. He's got the night. Okay, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, he would have been, he would be a really good one. Um, that guy from Game of Thrones, not, not the guy who plays Jon Snow, the one who played his brother. Oh, yeah, the guy who played, uh, yeah, what was it Ned? It wasn't Jon, yeah, which one? Uh, Rob. Uh, Rob. Rob, yeah. That's a good one. Him. Yeah, he's got a little darkness in him. He's got a little fuckery, and he's younger. That definitely helps. Uh, I saw one that was kind of crazy, but the more I thought about it, the more I liked it, the more I thought it was actually kind of in line with casting Keaton back in the day. Some people said Adam Driver. Yeah, that'd be a really cool one. He's got the darkness in him. We've seen that. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, he's got a lot of very Keatonisms about him. He's not the most built guy in the world, but I'm sure he can get there. He's got this kind of like unconventional animal magnetism to him in a weird way, and mm -hmm. he's got a good chin line for the mask. <laughs> also, it would be kind of fun, you know, to see him in that role just because it's like, hey, this generation's, you know, answer to Darth Vader is also Batman. 
<laughs> that would be pretty cool. He, he can rock a cape. We've seen the man can rock a cape. <laughs> and I mean, really, that's half the job right there. Or, you know, if you want to be really fucking crazy. Hey, Charlie Cox, you're not doing anything right now. We cast another failed daredevil before. How would you like to be our Batman? Uh, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. I would be like, guys, guys, that's so lazy. You're not even trying. But I like Charlie Cox, though. Okay, this is good, though. <laughs> It'd be like, who's making these decisions? But at the same time, good for him. Yeah. In fact, hey, talking about uh, creators and actors jumping ship, we'll be talking more about that later <laughs> in the show because we got some more confirmation there coming from the DC house that should be interesting. Uh, I guess, too, uh, another story uh, that, you know, is removed from Batman, but something that was kind of near and dear to me. I don't know if you heard about this, Matt, but it was announced this week that uh, comedic comic book news site The Outhouser will officially be closing down uh, like in the next couple months. Yeah, that that's really sad. That's a shame, because I thought they had some funny headlines, I thought they had mm -hmm. some talented writers, many of whom got poached for the very websites they were making fun of, hilariously <laughs> enough. Ain't, ain't that yeah. some cruel irony? Uh, you know their names. In fact, I'm actually in a slack with a couple of these people. They don't know me, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's a thing because you know that's that's the big comic book youtuber conspiracy you see we all know each other we all send each other christmas cake <laughs> but yeah I, I liked the outhouser for a lot of reasons one of the big reasons that i liked it is that they were maybe one of the last truly truly independent comic book news sites that was actually like worth a read yeah, yeah, they, 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 they didn't like do like they had the funny headlines and everything, but they weren't like doing the whole clickbait thing no. or like trying to pull you in with fake headlines and everything. The, like hilarious headlines, which is why you clicked on the thing. This this comedy parody website of other big comic book sites actually had more integrity than a lot of the big comic book sites. Again. Yeah, better better content. <laughs> uh, again, you know the two we're talking about. <laughs> but still, you know, it's sad to see them go because it's like, man, that means we're down to the very websites they were parodying. And that also means like, so you mean to tell me there's no money in running an independent comic book site? There's no there's no net gain for that. There's no nothing for it. Yeah, that's yeah, the saddest I guess part not. <laughs> that's the really saddest part to me where it's like, damn, that's like not good for comic book discussion and that's like not good for the industry as a whole where it's like nope you gotta be you gotta be the big two comic book news sites and you gotta keep chummy chummy with dc and marvel the big two companies if you want mm -hmm. books to talk about and if you want spoilers to keep shit afloat again how many times has that happened have one of these two big sites just straight up spoiled a big a comic event before it even ended yeah yeah and it will happen again Oh yeah, definitely. Because that's the sad face of the industry right now, and it made it made me feel kind of sad too. I'm like, well, fuck, these guys were better writers than me, and if they can't make it, <laughs> no, fuck, I've got no chance. <laughs> Jesus Christ, balls! Thank you, everyone who's watching this show right now. <laughs> it, it does inspire me though, where it's like, all right, you know, they're gone, which means there needs to be more people not afraid to be irreverent, not afraid to talk truth to power and a lot of things and not be afraid mm -hmm. to, you know, say stuff that might make uh, DC or Warner or, uh, DC Warner Brothers or Disney Marvel not want to work with you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which, again, which is why I'll keep making fun of Akira Yoshida until they tell me to stop. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, from that story to another uh, bit of news right here, there was a teaser released for uh, Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn and the Others, as I'm going to be calling it. Well, see, no, that's the thing that really surprised me because a lot of places were saying like, oh, this is Harley Quinn's Birds of Prey. I'm like, is that like the new title for the movie? Like, It's not, but it might what? as well be. Yeah, it, I, I'm guessing that's probably what the movie's going to be. It's all going to be about Harley and then these... These women are just going to be, like, secondary characters, basically. Which, again, you would expect me to savage that choice, but I weirdly I weirdly feel like I have to, like, pull my punches from Birds of Prey because it only exists because people really liked Margot Robbie, and Margot Robbie actually read the comic she was given, which means she knows what the Birds of Prey are and knows who these characters are and used her considerable pull at Warner Brothers to get this movie made in the first place. Yeah. I mean, and again, I could talk a bunch of shit about being like, no one looks like their comic counterparts. It looks more like Suicide Squad, and Suicide Squad was bullshit. But Suicide Squad was not a financial failure for Warner Brothers. It actually did no. better than Justice League and better than a lot of their other movies. And the fact that they probably cleaned up way more in Hot Topic shirt sales, which was <laughs> parcel with the aesthetic of the film, no, they'd be stupid to not try and recapture that, even though it's not what I want, but it's clearly what some people want, so I'd be I'd be a bit of a Grinch and a bit of a miser to tell people, <laughs> you shouldn't be excited for that, damn it. And I mean, it's not like I'm not going to go see it anyway, so I mean, that's that's Birds of Prey, anyone. It's a, it's a weird, weird animal. Yeah, it is. It it, it And like, the, the, the teaser itself was very strange it was a costume test basically yeah that's basically all it was and i really hope that's not black mask final costume you had one job for black mask you had one <laughs> job it's in the name you can't have a name called black mask he doesn't have a fucking mask who has no mask of any color maybe the mask is the is his 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 face his persona right. that's what they'll do and it's dark and he's evil and that's why it's black but, but we all wear masks matt you see we all wear metaphysical masks yeah, zach snyder's a producer on this isn't he i don't know is he actually uh but if they, if he is then that's what it'll be, then that's what it'll be. Then you, <laughs> you've already cracked the code on that one and we haven't even started yet <laughs> also too as a comic purist it always strikes me as weird where it's like you know the suicide squad brought to the screen starring harley quinn she hasn't even been a member of the team for, like, three yeah. years yet. She's, like, the newest member you have. Starring Harley Quinn. And now the Birds of Prey starring Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn has never been a member of the Birds of Prey. Not even once. Not even right now. The guy, Harley Quinn! Harley Quinn! <laughs> and, like, if you fucking love Harley Quinn so much, then just give her her own goddamn movie. Why, why did this have to be a team vehicle? Well, they apparently can't. I don't, like... I yeah, I, weren't they giving her her own movie, but then that changed to this or something? Or But wasn't over. it going to be like Birds of Prey first or something? And... It's all over the place. Again, the only thing I can confirm is Margot Robbie's like, I like this one. I like the Birds of Prey <laughs> one. Can we do this? And Warner Brothers like, yeah, whatever you want. We'll do fucking whatever you want. Just don't leave Maybe us. that. Maybe that's why this is happening in Gotham City Sirens isn't. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot Gotham City Sirens. remember... Like, she was meant to be in that as well. And then, right. like, that sort of, like, everything just, like, shut up about that. Like, I think, but wasn't Birds of Prey, like, announced? Like, and it was just announced as Birds of Prey. Yes. And then 
Gotham City Sirens was, and then nothing happened with that, and then suddenly Harley Quinn's in Birds of Prey. <laughs> I guess they fused the two ideas together. Probably some executives like, well, these are both two girl teams anyway, so just put them together yeah. and make them one movie, I guess. They're, sa- they're the same, aren't they? <laughs> they're fucking basically the same. No, I've never read a comic. No, I won't. I'm an executive. I'm going <laughs> to dirty my hand with newsprint. I don't, I don't care if they're digital now. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's audio I captured behind the scenes. <laughs> I I joke, but it actually does kind of look like the winds are changing, at least with Aquaman making like a billion dollars and being more successful than the freaking Dark Knights were. Yeah, yeah, jeez. <laughs> now they're like, this is this is Arthur. He's our favorite boy now. He runs everything. He's the, he's the main... He's going to hold the universe together. We're going to build everything around him. Aquaman cinematic universe. That's what it's gonna be. That's what it's gonna be. In the Onion article of a world that we are now living in 2019, we deserve an Aquaman cinematic universe, <laughs> I think. Uh. You ever you ever think, Matt, that you're living in the alternate universe that like we thought we were on Prime Earth, but this is actually like Earth 57 or something? It feels like that sometimes. Where Aquaman is a huge <laughs> franchise. And, like, a reality TV show star is the president of one of the world's biggest superpowers. <laughs> and Europe is on fire. <laughs> and Canada is still Canada. Because <laughs> we're not interesting enough to have something crazy happening. Uh. <laughs> so that's something. But, you know, from Birds of Prey to something kind of similar but not similar but also kind of amazing... Uh, again, this was the rumor back when Ben Affleck was out as Batman, but the rumor was is that they were thinking of possibly scooping up James Gunn, of course, the man behind uh, the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies, to not only make Suicide Squad 2, but apparently just redesign everything from the ground up. And, well, it's official. He's doing it. Yeah, he's directing it. He's writing it. And from the sounds of it, it's going to be a whole new team, which, thank God... Again, it's, he's perfectly suited for the material. Again, soft reboot the shit out of this. That's the beautiful thing about the Suicide Squad. They never need to be the same group of people because they're almost always different every time anyway. Yeah, and again, and like change, change the reason the group is being put together. Don't make it... The, these are the people that that are there to take down Superman because yeah. like, like, that was like the most unbelievable thing of the first one. It's like, yeah. <laughs> fucking Slipknot's got to take him down. <laughs> Especially because the original comic reasoning is so perfect. You are a covert team of superpowered yeah. individuals doing the will of the government. Yeah, just make it that. You don't need to like do all this other shit with it. You are villains, which means we have complete po- uh, plausible deniability if you get caught. Yeah, or if you decide to kill the wrong people. Yeah, no one will believe you because you're a supervillain. Which, again, in an era of, you know, uh, for-profit prisons and all the madness around that and the fact that it's only getting worse, I think there's a lot of excellent material there to mine. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that would be, that'd be great. That'd be really good. Yeah. I'd like to see that. And, you know, hey, I, 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 I talked a lot of shit about uh, that animated Suicide Squad movie, Hell to Pay, because it's clear they just... Uh, read an excellent Secret Six story and said, fuck it, let's make it Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. I would be A-OK if someone put the collected Gail Simone Secret Six in front of James Gunn, because I think that would play very well (laughs) to his sensibilities. Well, well, to be fair, James Gunn is a fan of the comics and everything. There's a chance he's probably actually read it. Yeah. 
which again, if you just want to make Suicide Squad 2 a secret six in everything but name, that's fine. Joel will be okay with that. Can they do that? Because isn't there a Secret Six TV show happening? Oh, yeah, but that's like one of a hundred new things they're working on, and they didn't even <laughs> say that Secret Six will be the supervillain Secret Six. It could easily be the World War Two team. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm all right with that. Also, too, you know what, Disney? You fucking deserve this. You deserve to have James Gunn go work for the competition because your <laughs> executives are a bunch of weird, weird dinosaurs who don't understand the internet and you got astroturfed and you got snowballed by a bunch of Twitter fascists who faked you into believing stuff who that's not real. And I, well, I mean, stuff that was real, but again, was a decade ago. And, you know, they trumped up the whole uh, outrage thing. I think you deserve this. And I hope it's a great movie. And I hope they feel stupid. Yeah, yeah, they they absolutely do deserve that. They, I don't know what made them think that that was a good idea. <laughs> again, it, it gets even stupider, too, because it's like, wait, so Suicide Squad was recut and went out of its way to try and make itself a Guardians of the Galaxy clone, <laughs> to try and, you know, like, copy as much as it could right down to the soundtrack. And now for the sequel, you got the guy who made the movie you were copying. <laughs> hey, what the fuck? <laughs> it's the damnedest, damnedest thing. Again, we are living in an Onion article. It's it's crazy. It's the, absolutely insane. The impossible is now possible now. And, you know, again, to bring it back to the James Gunn thing, you know, it's nice to see so many of his peers are still really supportful of him and how mm. he got screwed yeah. by all the wrong people. Uh, what is it? There was a great tweet that was going around there. Someone was saying, hey, uh, Taiko Watiti, Edgar Wright, you know, would either of you be interested in doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3 if the uh, chant should arise? And both of them said, well, I think James Gunn would be a perfect fit for this. Yes, I also agree that James Gunn would be a perfect fit for this project. So it's nice to see that, like, there's a solidarity of directors and creators being like, yeah. nope, we're not touching the third one. You should not have gotten rid of him. Because, again, if Gunn is not safe for shit that he said 10 years ago and apologized for none of them are safe yeah well, yeah well that that like sets a precedence like what's the, the the limit like if it's 10 years like come on yeah. like everyone said some shit at one stage in their life and if disney execs are gonna fall for every mouth board uh drooling you know keyboard yeah. asshole out there yeah, exactly. I was going to say mouth-breathing keyboard fucker, but those words just got all <laughs> all mangled in my mouth. Hole. It's still the same. It's still the same. It works out there. But yeah, so Suicide Squad, I think that now officially becomes the most excited I am for a new DC movie. Yeah, that, it's going to be very interesting. I I would like if he, he completely flips it on his head and everyone expects him to do Guardians of the Galaxy-like stuff and he's like, no, I'm going to be doing something completely different. I think he has to. In fact, hey, go back and do the Ostrander stuff. Just do, like, straight up, like, you know, cloak and dagger governmental conspiracies and shit. Yeah, I, and he, he just might. Make it like the Bourne identity but with supervillains. Yeah, yeah. Which is basically what Ostrander did for you. Hell, Ostrander's still alive. Go pick his brain for this one. Let him be involved. <laughs> also, too, this is great because you start to think like, ooh, what, what members could they have in the team? They could have so many. Yeah. Ooh, what fun casting could they have? Exactly. They could have so much good casting and all the different characters that have been in the Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Even like put like ones that haven't been in, like new one, new interesting selections. Not Harley Quinn, though. Yeah, you, you could totally do that. And hey, Dave Batista says wherever James Gunn goes, he's willing to follow. <laughs> so let's let's have Big Boy Dave Batista in there somewhere. 
Oh, that'd be great. I'd love it if they cast Dave Batista, but he wasn't on the team. He's like a doctor. He's like a big jacked like doctor who puts the bombs <laughs> into their neck like he's a psychiatrist. No, tell me how you're feeling, snaps the clipboard. <laughs> Just have him play completely against type. I think that would be yeah, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, that'd be great. And you keep thinking, like, no, 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 they didn't cast Dave Batista for no reason. He's going to punch somebody. You wait and see. Nope. He's and he guy. never does. Nope, he's <laughs> just a doctor. He's just a guy. <laughs> oh, man, that would be so funny, too. They, there's probably, like, contractual stuff that would get them to not do it. But wouldn't it be amazing if he's like, okay, so for Suicide Squad 2, I've casted Dave Batista and Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana. Well, I know you... I know for a while that I don't know whether he still is, but Batista was like, "I'll break my fucking contract. Yes, I'll can. I'll fucking go. I'll go with my. Is anyone gonna stop me? No. Otherwise, I'll Batista bomb them. I will Batista. <laughs> man, Dave Batista. He is a ride or die homie, and you have to respect. Like, I man, we'll go to the we'll go to the nut house together, man. I just don't care. Look at my muscles. <laughs> Well, to be fair, he, he owes J- James Gunn like his career, like his or his new film career. Yeah, that's that's the one that broke the mold for Batista. We all just thought, oh yeah, here's here's another Hulk Hogan, here's another guy trying yeah. to act and everything. You're you're not all the Rock guys, but now it's like, oh oh, Dave Batista might be the next Rock. Though in front, I think he's a little bit of a better actor than the Rock. Actually, well, he. The thing is, and yeah, and he's picking better, better roles. He's in Blade Runner. He's in that new Dune film. He was in a James Bond film. Yes, that's right. Again, and he's even said that in interviews where it's like, you know, everyone just ca- uh, cast me as a muscle head. I had so many like direct to DVD jobs I didn't want to do because I wanted to be a serious character actor. That's who I've always respected. Yeah. And that's what James Gunn treated him as. And we got to see, oh, wow, he's funny and he's charming and he can kick your ass. Yeah. So yeah, good good on that. Definitely be watching that one with, you know, with the, the utmost enthusiasm. Yeah, definitely. And uh speaking of Marvel and speaking of space and we absolutely were uh Star Wars Edge of the Galaxy premieres this year, Matt. It's the brand new in uh innovative Disney Park experience that's going to be both at yep. Disneyland and Disney World, uh, one's in February. I know because that's the one I'm, tr- I'm, pl- I'm planning a trip to. Actually, I, I really want to go there. <laughs> Not only do I want to go, but I'm like trying to get my family to come to to offset the cost. Where it's like, come on, big family vacation. We all deserve to go to Disney. <laughs> Joel, why do you want to go to Disney now? No reason. It's because that new Star no. Wars park is. <laughs> No. Oh, oh, there's, there's there's a Star Wars park. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> we'll have to go to that. <laughs> no, no, you see, we, we gotta go right now, where all the cousins are nice and young and everything. And we never took a big family trip like this until <laughs> right now, and we need to go. And look, look, I've already done a lot of the work. I've already crunched the numbers. If we save this much. <laughs> I wish I was joking about half of that, but I'm not. But yes, Edge of the Galaxy is coming to a Disney park near you. And uh, to coincide with this, they're actually doing something kind of interesting and something almost a little unheard of. There's going to be tie-in comics and novels to the place in the park. They want the actual place that you visit in the park to be canon to the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do it. They're going all out. They're yeah, novels, and I think there's like rumors that, that like this actual planet is tying into Episode Nine. Yeah. Like it's going to be in the plan in 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 the movie and everything. Um, I think they they're planning on maybe putting it in like Resistance as well. And again, uh, I- but yeah. Or no, yeah. 
I was going to say, yeah, they're going all out with it. Boy, are they ever, and I'm sure some people out there are already be like, I, I disagree to this crash commercialism involving Star Wars. Star Wars has always been crash commercialism. <laughs> do you, why do you think George Lucas went out of his way to make sure even the most minor of character was a toy? At least Disney is being fucking awesome with their crash commercialism, where they're like, what if, what if you could go to Star Wars? What if we just invented a place and made a cannon that you could go to? Would you like that? Would you like to come to Star Wars? Yes, Mickey, I would like to come to Star Wars very much. And I fucking knew it, nerd. I'll be five thousand dollars. Yeah, it 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 looks really cool and definitely like somewhere I would love to visit. Yeah, I I definitely want to make a point of going there this year and like filming a big thing again. C- comes out in the fall. Uh, sometime yeah. uh, for Disneyland, I do believe, and uh, I, I've never been to. Well, actually, no, I have been to Florida before, but I was in Saint Petersburg. God, it's hot and muggy there. That's going to be a thing, and I can only imagine <laughs> it's going to be a madhouse when it first opens. Oh my God, the, the lines! Like, uh, yeah, I, I'm not planning on going to it like straight away. I'm going to give it like a year. <laughs> I, I kind of am because I kind of want to see the chaos. I kind of want to be there for yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know what you mean. Because <laughs> it's like you know, imagine the shit I could like film and record for the thing. I think that would be pretty special. Yeah, it, it, yeah, they they're going all out on this, and the park itself looks really cool, and the stuff they have in in the park looks really cool, the, like all the actors and like droids and stuff, and the Millennium Falcon, which I think you can actually go on. Yeah, you can. Yeah, and there's going to be like new restaurants and new attractions. Yeah, and everything. they're sparing no expense. And again, when you bought the Star Wars franchise for like billions of dollars, of course you're not going to spare any expense. This this will no. live forever. Yeah, exactly. It looks it looks so cool, and all the stuff they're doing, like with the with the books and everything, looks really interesting. Well, they got like a comic series coming out on it, um, which involves like the characters that you actually get to meet in the park. Uh, they got books. They got like a really cool book, which it it's kind of tied to it, but I think it's more tied to like the Star Wars universe. And it's like a it's it's like a fairy tales like myths and legends yeah. book. I saw that. The, the picture is like a Jedi fighting like a giant dragon. It looks really cool. Matt, do you think we could like uh, parlay our our undoubtable success as a Z-list comic book podcast? Do you think <laughs> Do you think they'll let us go and tour the park for our show? Can we just talk about how important we are and how we'd really like to come and visit? <laughs> we could try. Can, can they take us to Club Thirty Three and can we go deep down in the catacombs and see Uncle Walt's frozen head? Do you think we could do that? <laughs> Even though I'm I don't sure, know about that. <laughs> even though I'm sure everybody already does that. There's there's like a whole subgenre of YouTube. I don't know if you saw this where they're like they're 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 Disney heads. That's all they do. It's all Disney content, but like all stuff in the park where it's like, oh, here's things you didn't see in the park. Here's the hidden Mickey's. You know, here's reviews of the new rides and the new everything. And like that's that's all they do is just Disney park stuff. Jeez. <laughs> And again, it's like I don't think they get any like discounts or anything. I don't think because like the, the mouse no. don't the, the mouse don't hand out discounts. No, no, they probably just do it for fun. They do. Well, I mean, and the money they make off on the side on the channel, which I'm sure they put mm-hmm. back in the park. I, I just think it's so funny where it's like, yeah, no, 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 oh, no one rides on the mouse's dime. Oh, <laughs> oh, you work for us, not the other way around. <laughs> oh, know your place. <laughs> See again, I'd probably get kicked out of uh, Disneyland because I'd just be doing that voice all day. 
three. Yeah, you're setting off like the voice activation things that Odiwiki's voice could do and whatnot, and like. Like, like, like four felt characters would like corner me and be like, "Ho oh, ho, we've heard what you've been saying." Ho <laughs> <laughs> oh, ho, we don't take kindly. Do you know there's a Disney jail? There actually is. Oh really? <laughs> there is a Disney jail they have for like patrons that get too drunk and unruly, and basically they like put you there until Florida PD can come and pick you up. But yes, there is a Disney jail. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's, that's that's awesome and, and terrifying. That that could be my video. Oh, I made it inside Disney Jail, everybody. <laughs> the jail is just you have to ride like Pirates of the Caribbean constantly. <laughs> just like chained to like the chair. No, it's a small ride. It's a small world. Oh, God. <laughs> and then Joel gnawed his leg off. <laughs> and he swam through that water, which you apparently should not swim through that water because people have died because there's like exposed uh, wires underwater. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I think someone actually did die one time. They had like a heart attack as they touched like one of the rails underwater and that like zapped them. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say, oh, the, the crocodiles that they release into the. <laughs> it got them. <laughs> yes, but all the crocodiles tick like Peter Pan, though. It's very, it's, it's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh disney even your carnage is fun <laughs> but yeah that star wars galaxy and matt and i are just huge giant marks for star wars and star wars edge of the galaxy please let us go oh, oh hey, looks so cool. hey if we if i get my streaming thing going like i want we need to have like a big telethon but like not for a good cause like a send, <laughs> send us to star wars land <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, Joel, what, uh, what, what, what cause are you doing this for? What are you giving the money for the charity for? The greatest charity of all, oneself, <laughs> of course. Did you did you think it was from think? Oh, okay. I, I like your honesty. I've got to pledge $100. Yeah, really. I'm, I'll, I'll give a fraction of, uh, what is it? I'll give a percent of all the money I take to some charity. What fraction? What percentage? Zero. Zero's a fraction. Zero's a percent. <laughs> You can't tell me it's not a percent. It is. Uh, and from that to another story, uh, Michael B. Jordan reportedly returning for Black Panther 2, which of course is a little difficult if you've seen the movie. Uh, he, he, he could return because he could be in that... Um... Realm of Kings. Yeah, because technically he was king for a while, so... That's the best way to work him in. Black Panther needs some advice. He goes to the last person he'd expect. Hey, Killmonger, you were a king for, like, a couple days. Can you help me out? <laughs> I could also see Killmonger be, like, the like the bad angel on his shoulder. Kill them all, T'Challa. Kill them all. Kill all the white people. Kill all the colonizers. <laughs> Kill... Spread the weapons. <laughs> spread the weapons. Look, look, look Eric, you keep, you keep pitching that one, man. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> oh, boo, you're no fun. <laughs> Still, I do like the idea of him coming back, though, because he's one of the best villains the Marvel Universe has yeah. had, and it'll be really cool to see him again, even if it's just a small cameo. Yeah, he was a great villain. He sure was. And uh, from that to another story here, and this one was expected but unexpected. Apparently, following the massive success of Edge of Spider-Verse, uh, Warner Brothers is putting a lot of uh, new energy in trying to develop a Batman Beyond movie, and it's going to be animated. Of course, and, and I bet it would be exactly the same as into the spider-verse the, the irony here being is that well we already had an animated batman beyond movie it was called return of the joker and it's one of the best things they've ever done you're gonna have to try extra hard to top that <laughs> like extra hard 
Yeah, yeah. Are you are you up for that, guys? Are you up for topping that? Yeah, are you going to give them the budget to do that? <laughs> I should hope so. And the funniest thing about this news, too, is that uh, Will Fredelier, who was, of course, the voice of Terry McGinnis in the Batman the Animated Series cartoon, when they said, when they announced this, he's like, so, uh, so I get to be Batman again, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I am Batman Beyond and have been Batman Beyond in literally everything, never recast, so I feel I feel like I should be in this. You know what they'll do? They'll they'll cast him, but they won't cast him as, as Terry. They'll cast him as, like, old Bruce. Uh, or, you know what they should do if they're doing this thing? They should cast Michael Keaton to be the voice of old Bruce. Oh, that'd be so cool. They should do, like, they should get all the Batman voices in there, but in different things. Like, Val Kilmer is there, but he's playing a different type of Batman, and they got, you know, all of them there playing different Batmans. That'd be pretty cool. It's a shame Adam West isn't with us anymore. Yeah, oh, you probably get, like, a sound alike or use archive footage or something. That would be nice, too, a whole thing built of archival footage. Well, good chum, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a bunch of interviews of him, take some stuff from Family Guy. Yeah, I, I just hope, I just really hope that it's it's not, it, it it's done by like a proper animation studio and isn't no. done by Warner Brothers Animation because their animation is pretty shit at the moment. No, it's, it's not the best. Even Young Justice, you can tell they're like, well, this is our budget, so like every second episode we're going to have to cut some corners. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every third episode, though, we'll spend the money where it's important. <laughs> Even something like uh, Justice League versus the Fatal Five, where I'm like, oh, oh, that actually looks like you're telling a story there. And that actually looks pretty interesting and, like, it's going to be fun. Even still, it's like, ooh, this, this looks a little cheaper than certain episodes of Justice League, uh, Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, again, I am excited for that. I, I blow off most of the DC animated movies now because they're genuinely not good. But Fatal 5 looks good. Fatal 5 does look good. I, I recently watched that Reign of the Superman one, and it was awful. Yeah, I watched the first five minutes of it. I'm like, this hurts my soul. It was nothing like Reign of the Superman. No, which again... <laughs> nothing at all. No, which again, and some people would argue that Reign of the Superman wasn't even that good in comic form. Why are you turning it into a movie? <laughs> well, I know the best version of Reign of the Superman, it was in Superman Doomsday, when it's, like, literally five minutes. They, like, compress yeah. <laughs> it and do it in, like, five minutes. Like, and then Superman died and everyone was sad and there was another Superman who wasn't really Superman. <laughs> there, we did it. We did the whole thing. <laughs> You're welcome. But, yeah, so that's the news this week, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that and we can, uh... Switch on over to what we always do on the show, and that is uh, what we read this week. And I read a fair amount. I'm not sure about you, Matt. I'm sure we read a lot of the same things. We did, and it was a really good week because we had a Justice League book, but as well, we had a Tom King book. We did. It was it was a balanced week, I would say. This week brought balance <laughs> to the force. <laughs> it did. It did. Where uh, where would you like to start, Matt? Let's start with Tom King sure, and, and Heroes in Crisis, issue 5. This this book, I'm running, this I, I'm running out of things to say. Honestly, <laughs> this book, like it just keeps like it's like okay, this issue like they're gonna start like it's gonna start proper with the story. It, oh no, it's not. It's gonna it's gonna have Booster Gold and Ted Cord be morons, and 
decide they want to attack the Flash for some reason. We, we can't solve this mystery, but we're sure Barry has evidence, so let's literally attack Barry, even though we know it will make us look guilty, and that's how we'll clear your name, Booster. And again, Booster talks to Ted Cord, but no one else can see Ted Cord, which makes me think Ted Cord is like a ghost or in his head or something. So, yeah, I I am guarantee it is. It's like, oh, this is his his PTSD or something because yeah. Ted Cord was killed by you know Maxwell Lord and and Ted Cord only gives him bad advice. Yeah, yeah. Not that Booster yep. needed that because he was making all the wrong decisions even before this. Yeah. Which this yeah. issue even opens up with him saying, and I went to Sanctuary because for some stupid reason I went back in time and messed with Batman's history to try and save his parents because I thought it would be a good wedding gift. But I created a dark future and that Batman tortured me for a long time. And then killed himself and I have a smudge on my lens, but only I can see him a smudge because this is a thing I, I need to hang on to for some reason. Because this is psychosomatic. And... And it's like, okay, that's all well and good, but don't you remember you told Batman and Catwoman and they didn't really care and they blew you off? Yeah. He doesn't mention Oh, that. my God. He doesn't mention No, that. no, of course, of course. But no, it's Tom King forgot about it. And I'm like, um, so Tom King is building a bad story on top of a bad story. Yeah. The, the, the thing... What I didn't understand is the why he was attacking Flash. So like, I thought, like, okay, he's going to go to Flash and they're going to, like, he's going to reveal, like, thing about wally where he reveals at the end but like what i got from it he goes to barry attacks him knocks him out somehow gets the drop on a speedster no, again he's the fastest um, man alive um steals his research or like what barry was looking into and looks at looks at it himself yes yeah <laughs> what you try to prove that you're not a bad guy by committing more crimes <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. The comic even says, that's the stupidest plan ever. And I'm like, well, shit, Tom King, if you're calling your own control, uh, contrived writing stupid, what am I even doing here? <laughs> yeah, 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 you're doing our job for us. Yeah, really. Uh, and then it gets even crazier, too, because it's like, you know, uh, we get uh, Batman, like, trying to interrogate oh, God. Skeets. Skeets, who didn't go with Booster Gold for some reason. And then you're reminded, wait, wasn't Skeets working with Bane? Because he yeah. was there in the big group shot? And fuck <laughs> Yeah, and not only that, like, like so, so Batman couldn't find anything in Skeets's memories or whatever where Booster though, went. He so was threatening like, him. Yeah, yeah. Which I, why would that work? It's an AI robot. It wouldn't be threatened by anything. Which makes the next part even stupider. In, in fucking in in stupid. Like, so Batgirl takes her him and threatens him, and when that doesn't work, she brings out Harley Quinn, who gets the information from him by threatening a robot AI from the future with a wooden mallet. Yes. A, 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 a robot from the future that's made of wave rider alloy that can survive the ravage of, of time, but for some reason cannot survive a hit from a, a wooden mallet. A wooden hammer. It's extra dumb too, because I thought they were actually setting up uh, like an actual interesting bit of characterization and that being like, oh, only Batgirl can crack this code because she's better at computers than Batman. Ah, this makes sense. You know, there's not, Batman can't do everything on his own. He has to ask for help. Oh, no, wait, no, that none of that happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, when they said, like, when she said, oh, I've got a thing back at my place I could do, it. I'm like, oh, cool. They're doing like Oracle stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and then she goes to like a playground and yes. like ties 
ties him to like the merry-go-round or something what the fuck is going on yes to get the information that they need and then the big focal point of this too is like oh you know superman finally after five issues the comic actually gets to what it's supposed to be about and that is the superhero community battling with the stigma around mental illness and getting treatment for it and superman gives an impassioned speech about being like hey man superheroes are people too man if you need like mental health checkups man you should do that man i'm like all right that's all well and good it's a pretty speech you didn't need to make it though because no one was freaking out about it no that's the thing like they like last issue and this issue keep saying oh the world's it's gonna change the world it's world shattering everyone's gonna freak out in this issue lois is like everyone's scared of superheroes now and i'm like instead of telling us show us that show us show us what bibo or jimmy are thinking of all of this of what they hear like don't just tell us that do it and yeah there is no like news channel on that saying oh heroes are can we trust the heroes no one's saying anything and again germ of an interesting idea where it's like all right you know people people are reticent to trust superheroes at the best of time because you know they're so powerful and now to introduce the idea oh you know what if what if they were schizophrenic or you know what if they had a split personality and everything imagine the damage they could do but we never see normal people talk about that we never see that angle and it's such an easy gimme that tom king doesn't do you know what he should have done it's too bad they're basically already doing this in Doomsday Clock because this is such an easy layup. Have fucking Lex Luthor go on the news and be like, "Imagine if Superman was crazy, isn't that scary?" Yeah. yeah, have like yeah, people like Lex Luthor take advantage of this and and be like, "Right, we can, we've got a chance here to get one up on the on the heroes. We can yeah. we can cause chaos and all that." But yeah, no, we never see and anything and as well like the story shouldn't the story should have been called heroes in crisis but we never see any of like this shit that we're seeing no. we see it all from like the point of view of like normal people like original characters or something that would have been nice. it's like like we learn of the sanctuary attack and learn what sanctuary is and then like how are people react problem is that people i think tom king realized that people wouldn't react to it like they'd be like yeah of course they would have these problems they're fucking superheroes mm-hmm. again and he's like oh maybe if i don't talk about it Again, a germ of an interesting idea that I hate to see wasted. Again, this is like we're only five issues in. There's only three issues left, and I'm like, man, I already. Oh, there's with- four issues left. Oh god, because they added another issue, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> they added another issue of this story, Joel, because <laughs> there there was too much story, you see. <laughs> Again, even though we've been moving at a glacial pace, and we only just found out a piece of evidence this issue, and that is, oh hey, the Flash's body is five years old, which it's or five days old, and it's like, wait, does that mean he's been sitting there for five years? Did he come back in time for five years, or what's what, what's well, the difference? That that's not the. Uh, the that cannot happen because recently in flash war all of the flashes all the speedsters ability to time travel was taken away from them like they they cannot time they cannot physically time travel anymore no flash no no speedster at all so if he's time, connected to the speed force so if time travel comes up in this story it's a bunch of bullshit and tom king wasn't paying attention yeah yeah he either wasn't been wasn't told by like the 20 people its job is to like make sure that all of this makes some sort of sense to print uh or he just doesn't give a shit i mean i guess it helps that this this takes place at such a vague point in dc history it could really happen at any time i guess so but i'm sure that i'm sure i'm sure it happens after and it's like current currently like superman and lois are together but it doesn't look like they're at home they could still be at her hotel but he's doing work like he would at home yeah yeah it doesn't make any sense 
So that's Heroes in Crisis, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it, but yeah. you probably didn't. No, no, no. I, I did not. And we still don't even know who these muddlers are. No, the peddlers, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, the puddlers, whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah, I remember they were big, and now no one seems to be looking into Remember them. they were the ones who leaked this information, yet nothing's been... F- Lois is doing jack shit, but she's an investigative journalist, and she's just like, oh, the heroes are all scared. What our, do I do? Our, our mystery villains, and they literally haven't been mentioned since issue one. As I said, Tom King forgot about them. Oh, no, shit, I forgot about that. There's, there's also yep. the hot rumor flying around that, like, when apparently story points of this got leaked is that it was actually Reverse Flash. Yeah, which means it was changed last minute, which I think the last story that happened to him was, like, Armageddon, where they changed, like... Yes, um, it. It was supposed to be Hawk from Hawk and Dove. No, no, that's who they changed it to. Oh, it was meant to be, be it was meant to be Cap- Captain Adam, right. and they changed it to Hawk and Dove. That apparently the only person who it couldn't be <laughs> couldn't be. Yeah, yeah. This feels like one of those scenarios where it's like, well, the internet caught wind of who it is, so now you have to change it. Yeah, yeah. But Tom King, but I barely came to this conclusion the first time. Yeah, we know. <laughs> also, apparently that Joshua Williamson Batman Flash crossover is actually going to be tied into Heroes in Crisis. It, yeah, it, it does look like, and it looks like it's actually much better. Like, yeah. it looks like it's explaining more things. And um, uh, Flash Annual that happened this week was also, I haven't read it yet, but that's also, like, tied in. Uh, like, it's, like that's when, like, Barry, or he found out last, at the end of last issue, uh, that Wally died, and this uh, issue is him sort of, like, dealing with it and having to deal with it all and everything. Also, apparently Gotham Girl is coming back, because apparently Gotham Girl was supposed to be at Sanctuary, too. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I imagine she was meant. I, what do you reckon? Like she was meant to be the killer. Mm, that'd be funny. Like that makes kind of a little bit more sense. A little bit. Remember Gotham Girl, everybody? She was really important in the first couple arcs of Tom King's Batman. Then he just forgot about her. Yeah, he. She just like disappeared. Yeah, just disappeared off the face of the earth. Even though it was really important, and like Gotham Girl was like, oh, and that was the day it happened. The day Batman died. Yeah. Like, she was telling the story from the future. Remember that, everyone? Gotham Girl predicted that Batman was going to die all that time ago when that arc started, and there's literally been no reference back to it? No. Crazy, huh? Uh, Well, at least Tom King has a little over 50 more issues to explain to us how all of that happened. uh, And I'm sure it makes perfect sense. No, absolute sense. It would be flawless. And it'll be great, but I won't be able to tell you why it's great, though. <laughs> Much like everyone else. Which is a which is a very common occurrence. Again, if you like, even read a positive review of this stuff, they'll talk about how good the art is or like the panel composition, but they won't talk about the story. No, no. I, well, that's because they they don't understand it. No. <laughs> they have no idea what the fuck's going on. You have to have a certain <laughs> level of intelligence, Matt, to understand Heroes in Crisis. It's like Rick and Morty. We're, we're probably just not smart enough. <laughs> oh, God, oh god see i gotta give someone credit for this i think they were quoting garth ennis but it's the best quote i've ever heard in regards to some of this stuff and, and not even just tom king work but just art in general that people say is really smart even though it isn't i think i think it's a garth ennis quote but i really want it on a shirt it's uh, it's a quote that goes something to the effect of everyone is an idiot and you're a dumbass for not understanding it <laughs> and i'm like that's fucking brilliant put that on a shirt <laughs> that's his entire run up until this point everyone is stupid and you're an idiot for not understanding it uh love it but you know enough of that we, we beat on that drum enough what to, what else did you want to talk about matt 
Uh, we had Action Comics issue 1007. I have not read this yet, but I know you actually had some nice things to say, but I breezed through it and it looks nice. Yeah, this is the beginning of the big uh, Leviathan story that um, Bendis has been teasing, this big event. Um, and yeah, the book's kind of like broken up with the different characters and it's basically uh, Jimmy's investigating, as we've seen in like his little parts in the last couple of issues, this Leviathan or something that's going on. And he goes with this woman and she is part of the Cobra cult, the, wow. the cult that was in Detective Comics recently. Um, and she go, he goes to a meeting with her and he manages to escape with some like photos and everything just as the meeting is bombed and like everyone is killed except for him and he doesn't know what the hell is going on and he's trying to tell people about it no one's like paying any attention to him because like obviously clark's dealing with like robinson good being red cloud and all that sort of stuff and his wife leaving him but not leaving him and his son coming back and other stuff yeah lois meanwhile visits her father and actually reveals to him that she is married to superman that feels like something they should have done a while ago that's what they say in the book. She says, this should have been done the day I married him. <laughs> That's and, um, fair, fair, uh, fair beans, Bendis. Fair dues and, to you. And she, she gives like good reasons why she didn't tell him. Because he's he's not someone who's easy to trust. And like, he, you know, his position and everything. And he doesn't say anything. He just like walks off. So it's like, <laughs> I, he, you don't really get a gauge of like, if it's, if it's a good thing or if it's a bad thing. I have to think it's going to be a good thing. Eventually. Yeah, he's, he's not going to go gung-ho and reveal Superman's identity and whatnot. No. Even um, though he ironically was working with Waller in a story where the Cult of Cobra was also involved <laughs> back from the first arc of Tom King's Batman. Remember that? <laughs> well, funny you should mention Waller. Because, um, like, Superman's in Atlanta and he sees someone falling from a high-rise and he rescues her. And it turns out to be Amanda Waller. Um, who, who makes a really funny joke because, like, her first instinct when she was pushed from the window was to call for Superman, and she's like, holy shit, I can't believe it works. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Waller thing to say. Um, and she's surprised because where she was was, like, a high-level intelligence place. Like, no one knew where she was, but someone did. And when Superman goes to investigate, the building blows up, much like it did that Cobra meeting. So someone's, like, systematically destroying, like, uh, Task Force X stuff, mm. Cobra stuff, and next issue teases they're going to be destroying the DEO. Oh, so bring a We don't know who's... De- there. Yeah, don't know who's destroying all of these places yet, but, yeah, very, very interesting stuff happening, and it is, it, again, plays to Bendis' strength of, like, building mystery and, you know, Clark doing his, like, investigative reporting, because I think that's what he's going to end up doing he's not going to investigate it as superman right. he's going to investigate it as clark kent because he's going in with jimmy olsen undercover cool. now question is this leviathan the same leviathan from grant morrison's batman run that was led by talia al ghul as her like weird offshoot of the league of assassins or does ben just not know or remember that that there already was we- a group called leviathan we don't know yet. We just know that they're called Leviathan. We don't even know like what they look like or anything. I, I like. I know Leviathan is a good scary word to name your organization, but he should really know that there was already a group <laughs> called Leviathan from not that long ago. Leviathan made the cut into the New Fifty Two because Morrison was still writing about it in his uh, what is it, Batman Inc. book by the end. Yeah, yeah, I I have to imagine it is, but I'd, I'd be interested to see if, if he does. <laughs> I, I, I just picked Leviathan because it was a fun word. It's cool, it's my word now. It's my word now. Mor- Morrison can wrestle me for it. 
<laughs> hey Morrison, you want to wrestle me for it for the for the rights to Leviathan? That's all right. He just take like some LSD and get that like that like strong druggy like super strength. <laughs> there you go. The, the the good strength. There. Oh, I've been waiting for this moment when someone will want to fight me. I carved the runes of power into my chest. <laughs> now no one can defeat me. I'm the rocks of eternity. Come against me, Bendis, and be broken. Your bo- your boom is out the windy. <laughs> There you go. And that will happen, you'll see. <laughs> Bendis versus Morrison for the rights to Leviathan. <laughs> uh, what did I have this week? Uh, ooh, I had a fun Captain America issue, and I know it's a fun Captain America issue because so many people in my comment section are missing the point of this one. Ooh, I, I read this one. I like this issue as well. I like this one too. Thank you for reminding me I'm not crazy. Again, I don't know what it is about Captain America that's just like a button for so many people i mean i get i guess it's it, it's secret empire that was when it changed before that people just didn't give a fuck but now that secret so empire has happened everyone's everyone's like paying attention to it and be like oh i didn't like that so it's nazis thank you for bringing that up matt because you're right people have been so indifferent to captain america for so much of his publication history and the only time they really care which is stuff that ta-nehisi coates is making a point to bring up in this issue is times yeah. when he's forsaken america when he became nomad when he became mm-hmm. the captain all these points in history people only see oh, when he died uh during the yep. height of the bush administration people only ever seem to care about captain america when he's actively going against america for whatever reason or some embodiment yeah. of it. But yeah, the idea here is that uh, we've been following uh, a group of villains called the Power Elite, led by Alexa Lucan, mm-hmm. who is the wife of Alexander Lucan, the famous uh, Brubaker villain from his run. Uh, they've been, yep. you know, manipulating the American government. They got a bunch of supervillains and former Hydra guys pardoned for fighting the Secret Empire, hilariously enough. Yeah. And yep. they've gotten them new jobs in the administration so they can pull strings and fuck with Captain America, including Baron Von Strucker, who now has a new job running a for-profit super prison. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> that was hilarious. And it's like, well, why Why was Strucker fighting against Hydra? He was like one of their oldest leaders and boosters. And his answer is they weren't evil enough. <laughs> I didn't they like... Weren't, they weren't more... They weren't Nazi-ish they enough. Weren't, they weren't hardcore. They let brown people in. I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, man, this dude's a type of evil they don't wear anymore. It's like, no, you're not evil enough for me. <laughs> I'm just going to run this for-profit prison, which, again, is a super real thing that happens in the States and super terrifying. It's in the news just recently. Did you hear about that Chicago prison that because of the big shutdown, they haven't had heat for like three days and inmates are sick and dying? Yeah. (laughs) And even though the prison is pulling in like billions of dollars in this for-profit thing and keeping people locked up for the kind of low-level drug offenses Canada and Australia have done away with. (laughs) because <laughs> it was clogging up our justice system but that's neither here nor there uh steve is framed for the murder of general ross and we know he's really dead too because if you read immortal hulk he's in hell yeah yeah he, he's properly dead and he was like one of he was like one of the ones that they like pardoned wouldn't they yes. like so he was like working for him and then they just like killed him off because yes, he, he served his purpose he was part of the power elite and alexa's like well that was fun you helped me out uh you helped my uh uh, what is it? Help me resurrect my husband. I don't need you anymore. Now, luckily, yeah. you've been fighting with Captain America in multiple books, not just here. They were fighting in Avengers, too. So people know mm-hmm. it's tense between you. And people know that you tried to hurt Sharon Carter, the love of his life. So when Ross shows up dead with shield wounds, shield shaped <laughs> wounds, everyone will know or everyone will think he did it. Yeah, yeah. 
And again, people seem to have a problem with this because they're like, well, lots of, you know, heroes and villains use shields. Why don't they think it's uh, it was U.S. Agent who did it? I'm like, because it's a frame-up. Because it's 100% a transparent frame-up. Yeah. Even Steve himself knows it's a transparent frame-up. The best thing is, as well, they would have used Taskmaster, who would have who would have done it in the way Steve would have done it. It's like move. perfectly. It's like perfectly like written to to have him do that. And, and he fought Taskmaster right yep. before this, and Taskmaster's yep. like, "I know all your moves, and I yep. fight with a shield." Yep. But yeah, that's that's some good shit. And Steve's like, you know what, Sharon? I've been down this road so many times before when they've tried to discredit me, when they've tried to frame me. Happened to Sam even. Happened to Bucky even. I'm, you know what? I could fight this from the outside. I could become Nomad again. I could become the captain again. I could forsake America. But to try and fix what's rotten in this government now, I'm just going to lean right into it. I'm going to let them arrest me on these, uh, you know, completely falsified charges. And I'm going to fight this from the inside for once. Yeah, yeah. To which a lot of people seem to view incorrect as like, oh, he gave up. He gave, why did Captain America give up? He didn't give up. He's arguing that he gave up all those times he changed his name and ran away. Yeah, yeah, and and he that, that that's the truth. Like that's he was he was running away from that, but now he's not. Yeah, and again, you're getting the classic people too, where it's like, how dare this comic book say the government is evil right now and that the government doesn't uh, represent the country? I'm like, well. <laughs> Well, yeah, this book is too topical for you, isn't well, it? <laughs> well, I mean, if we were to only judge by the popular vote currently, and I mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to get too political for a book called Captain America, which that, that makes me sad, too, when a book called Captain America actually does try and be topical and be political and so many uh, different fans <laughs> flip tables. And I'm like, are you, are, yeah. you, are, are you guys saying you're not mature enough for this? Are you getting mad that a character who wears a flag is political? A guy who literally is the embodiment of the best parts of America <laughs> to actually try and talk about America cur uh, currently? No, I only like Captain America when he's saying complimentary things about America. <laughs> and again, Matt and I, as a Canadian and an Australian, probably have a different uh, vantage point on this one. We got a very outside looking in thing, but sometimes that's a good perspective to have. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the, the big reveal of this one is obviously with Captain America willingly uh, putting himself behind bars, which in a very fascinating bit of characterization, uh, he kind of wants this because, you know, he says that a lot of the damage that was done to his reputation by evil Steve during the Secret Empire has not been atoned for. And this is kind of him like self-flagellating himself. Like maybe if I go to jail yeah. for a little bit, the uh, slate will be wiped clean. So obviously, if he's out of the picture, you know, who's going to be fighting crime and doing Captain America stuff? And that's why Sharon Carter goes out of her way to establish a brand new supergroup called the Daughters of Liberty. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Really powerful team, too. You got Spider-Woman, Sue Storm, Misty Knight, White Tiger, X-23. Yeah, some really, really interesting choices. Uh, Mockingbird, I think, is on there, too. Some super, super heavy hitters. For this team, and again, I cannot tell you how many people in my comment section said, "Oh, Daughters of Liberty, is that a reference to Metal Gear?" No, it's a reference to American history and, and the Sons of Liberty in the Revolution. You, you, you don't know this. <laughs> you know, you know, Metal Gear was referencing that. You know, <laughs> how do I know more about American history? And I'm a Canadian. It's not right that I should know more about American history. 
But, <laughs> that tells you something about the education over there. Yeah, but yeah, fun book, slow burn. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. Again, I think I compared the last couple issues. It's been very, it's been very Sorkin, is what it's been. It's been all mm-hmm. very West Wing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been uh, like very reserved for what I thought a Captain America book in this current climate would be, and then yeah, yeah, it's building up to like this really great story. It's a political thriller, and I know for some people it's like he, he hasn't punched anyone in three issues. I'm done with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think what people were expecting after Secret Empire. Like, oh, we're gonna get Captain America punching hydras, and which, which again, that's your right. If that's what you come to Captain America for, and you're not being served here, that's your right to say that. But I'm saying I like the high-minded political intrigue uh, that's going on here. I like the wordy nature of it. Again. Feels like an Aaron Sorkin script. Feels like, you know, some Gene Roddenberry stuff where the biggest action scene is two people walking down a corridor. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my thing. But yeah, that was that was Captain America, and I'm about it. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was. What uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, we had Justice League annual issue, I want to say two? Uh, one? Yeah, just one. This is Snyder's yeah. first annual yeah and it was really good it was basically a follow-on from the last issue which yes. is very very strange for an annual to do yeah annuals um, are usually like one shots or like weird side stories but no this was an extra length story because it needed to be an extra length story oh boy did it ever need to be so we get starman we get all the justice league coming and they're going to go fix the source wall and um like something they should have been doing for longer <laughs> yeah yeah that's true they've they've been busy with the legion of doom it was on their list you know beat the legion of doom take out trash fix the source wall (laughs) (laughs) yes like on those like shouldn't that be in the top no 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 we're fine in in their defense they had no idea what to do until starman came along (laughs) that's true yeah yeah and yeah he's the one who's uh sort of connecting all of this because he brings in the uh omega titans and he plans on basically inserting them into the source wall like i guess like keys or like patches to like make it so that it's it's whole again it, it re its powers is is kept in the wall now that's that's what they were built for apparently that was their whole yeah. purpose to when the source wall is damaged come out like they did in justice league no justice absorb the energy of a bunch of worlds and then patch the wall obviously that's not what happened though because the justice league killed the entropy titan and fucked that up yeah 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 they're, they're the cause of all this they're, they're the cause heralding the, the galaxy towards doom i mean entropy was gonna eat earth and that's where we live and that's where all our stuff is so it's probably good they <laughs> did that but i i like this whole issue was just the justice league being like was that our fault <laughs> yeah and um i guess because like um the obviously the the entropy one died kendra kind of has to take its place a little bit like sort of like use her power to like fill its gap she's cosmically connected to all of this that's why she had the map to dry land on the back of her wings and the problem is it's like okay if you do this though you'll join with the source wall which means you're gonna be essentially dead and she's like you know what i'm i'm more cool with that than you think because i reincarnate all the time like it's gonna, <laughs> yeah, this is good <laughs> like like it's gonna suck because i'll be alive for the first little bit but you know you know when that's I, done yeah 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 she's like hey, yeah i i, I enjoy it and, and it was really cool as well because john obviously when she's heading to it she he like puts like her mind in this place where she gets to experience um was that Thanagar or was that like 
Egypt or it was, something. It was all of her best moments from all of her. Yeah, lives. yeah. He he called it a heaven dimension. Yeah, yeah. It's basically put that in her head so that even though she'll be in the source world, she'll be able to see this and be in in that. Which was which is pretty cool. Yeah, which was too nice and too pleasant a to plan too, because then Brainiac attacked. <laughs> yeah, Brainiac brought back to life by Professor Ivo. Mm-hmm. Um comes back and uh yeah under the control of lex and the legion uh to use the totality to uh bring they like turn turn starman and and kendra on them they like kind of turn their power a little bit well the the, the Uh, idea is is they're like hey you know luthor legion of doom you've been running around looking for these several primal forces well duh you big bald idiot brainiac says it's all it's all in starman anyway you just gotta take control of him yeah, just and to take control. He turns red because evil. Um, they have a fun dynamic, Lex and Brainiac, where Brainiac's like, "You're fucking stupid." And Lex is like, "No, I'm not. You're stupid. <laughs> I'm smarter than you. You're liter- no one's smarter than Brainiac." <laughs> and um, because they do that, they end up activating the totality and awakening Perpetua. Mm-hmm. And she is not happy. She is a very upset oh. lady. Very upset, a very big lady. Um, a giant woman. <laughs> but before she can, I guess, kill everyone or, like, kill the universe or something, Lex, uh, like, captures her. In a bubble, in a Pokeball. Uh, in a Pokeball, and the source wall blows up again. Because, I, love, I uh, love that image. That was pretty cool. It was like a Death Star blowing up. Um, yeah, and then, like, because of that, everything around the galaxy is, like, fucked apocalypse and new genesis disappear because the destruction of the source wall changes the very nature of the universe and apocalypse and new genesis have no reason to exist now except for dark side because dark side is eternal i did like that i did like that panel with dark that page with dark side because it it connected like not only like his book justice league odyssey but also justice league dark because of like uh swamp thing and uh detective chimp there and it's like oh shit something's going on with fucking magic swamp things like if i had a heart i feel like it would be having an attack right now i feel like <laughs> i feel like nature just got royally screwed and not only that specter is angry as fuck and he's like well, i'm gonna get some fucking vengeance now this, this is an affront to creation what happened <laughs> who, who do i have to punch <laughs> but it was cool seeing that the house of heroes again as well yeah. they're there yeah, the, the multiversal Justice League, they're like, guys, I think I think the multiverse is dying right now. <laughs> Goddamn Prime Earth fucked it over again. Uh, yeah, I love that, that this is all Earth's fault, and even the Green Lanterns are like, well, we all have to run back to Oa now to protect the battery and protect everything else. Uh, guess the rest of the universe will just have to fend for itself, and uh, ooh, ooh, Kyle and John, um... This is awkward, but you guys should probably go back to Earth 2 because, like, every other planet's going to be pissed at you and we can't defend you from the rest of the universe. <laughs> that, that was one of those we'll call you moments. Yeah, we'll, we'll call you. you don't, don't call us. <laughs> that, that is... Snyder is so gifted at that in building these everyone's fucked moments. Yeah, yeah, he does a really good job of them. Um, um, as we learn at the end, Lex has captured Perpetuum and put her in, like, a big like physical body in like a big tube and i'm guessing he's gonna like use her as like his weapon in the war that's no doubtedly coming the greatest war the universe has ever seen i think he said yeah yeah 
which again I'm like this are are you writing a crisis Snyder because this feels very much like you are writing a crisis it does doesn't it it feels like like all of this is like building towards like a big crisis this feel again you don't blow up the entire source wall and he's like nah man that's just Wednesday for me yeah, I just did that in, like, Justice League annual, you know, no big deal. No big deal. Again, if you didn't think Justice League is a must-read book at DC, and I know there's few of them this year, but, man, Justice League from Snyder is such a must-read right now. It's It's been, like, every issue has been so good. It's been stunning. And, again, it's like, that's not even the craziest shit where it's like, oh, what's he going to do next? Oh, uh, Mr. Mixelplek and a bunch of multiversal Justice League guys are going to fight. Wait, that's also happening? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, in the same story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, that's happening because the Source War destroyed and they're coming to attack Earth. <laughs> yeah, so get ready for that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm so looking forward to that arc. <laughs> Me too. I, I hope Snyder references, I mean, I'm sure he will because he's a good writer and he does this sort of thing. What happened with Mixelplik at the end of Superman Rebirth, where it's like, yeah, you know, I loved Superman and he left me, and now I want to destroy him, and when I come back, I'll bring a fury like nothing else, because that kind of seems to be what he's doing. Oh yeah, that's that's totally what he's doing. Yeah, this it's it's a great sequel, and it's like, no, it's so big. This includes the entire Justice League. Yeah, it needs to. <laughs> every every arc in uh, Scott Snyder's new Justice League feels like it could have been an event-sized thing. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's, like, while I was really happy that we got, like, those uh, issues from Christopher Priest that dealt with, like, more smaller things, I, I think this is, like, what a, um, a Justice League book should be. Like, these big events, this, this is what they should be fighting, this big multiversal event. You need the whole team to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, J Justice League kicked a bunch of ass. I was really, really happy with it. Yeah, so good. Uh, another DC book I was really, really happy with this week was, of course, uh, Detective Comics. Ooh, that was a really good issue. It is really good. Man, you know, Mankey is just killing it on the art with this one. He's doing some really interesting yeah. things with the panel. Like uh, when you open it up, Batman's talking to Thaddeus Brown, the original Mr. Miracle, and everything you look down, the water is rising and rising on the page. Because <laughs> someone has literally put them in a Dr. Evil-style death trap with sharks with laser beams attached to their heads. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that that, that that was most of the issue, Batman and Thaddeus Brown escaping from uh, their bonds and, like, piranhas, and, like, Batman has, like, a missile in his bat ear, which is really cool. Not to, Again, not to bring it back to Tom King, but remember Tom King basically did the same thing with Professor Pig. It's like, ooh, let's have a whole issue where Batman just escapes, but it wasn't a tenth of as interesting as this was. Oh, this was heaps interesting, this. Yeah, again, it's like, ooh, Batman in a situation where he can't use his brawn and can only use his brain and walk us through uh, everything. Yeah, while also keeping eye on this really old guy that is going to probably drown before Batman does. Yeah, if he doesn't help him out. And just such great, like, uh, like word imagery where it's like, I know, wet leather only gets tighter and tighter. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, ooh, I can feel the wet leather by reading this. That's That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and they eventually get out of uh, what I imagine was Thaddeus' house. Yeah. Um, and they end up fighting the giant's clay monster thingy that has yet to be given a name or if it's even clay it's just a shape-shifting thing yeah that stole batman's belt yeah um and was trying to like use 
uh, like his parents and like the the Bat family all against him. But Batman's like, no, fuck off. You can't do that. It's, <laughs> it's such a great exchange because the monster comes in like all comic book monsters do. You know, like, I am a dark reflection of your nightmares and fears. And Batman being like, you know, that's the problem with all you villains. You think I'm only made up of nightmares and fears. I have hopes and dreams, too. I'm well-adjusted, idiot. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty well adjusted, much to the chagrin of like what my actual ongoing writer thinks. Um, like again, I, I like I don't think Tomasi's going out of his way to like put a middle finger up at Batman, but literally just by writing a good in character Batman story, it feels like a middle finger to the main Batman book. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's the thing. He's just like writing a Batman story. Like yeah. that's all he's doing. It's like yeah, he's not all darkness all the time. He has things he likes, and then to also kind of deconstruct the character a little bit. Too to have the monster fire back and be like okay if you have hopes and dreams then why aren't you nicer to your sidekicks and your supporting cast and i'm like that's true batman is not a perfect person he does take a lot of his sidekicks and supporting characters for granted Mm, he does and in fact like every five years that usually comes to a head and they all end up leaving him and eventually have to slowly come (laughs) back holy shit the monster has your number (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, oh no and you know that cuts batman deep because he's talking to the monster when the monster says that batman doesn't say anything no no he's quiet he's like oh shit he's got me there that, that one cut me deep monster and uh eventually it's implied that you know uh you know villain who knows his secret identity is in the monster making business why not hugo strange yeah yeah no i don't think it's hugo strange i think he's part of it but i don't think i think he's like probably working forever is actually doing this yeah there's Um, gotta be one more twist he he is the perfect fall guy though obsessed with batman knows his identity can make monsters and everything yeah yeah and we we get to see hugo he's in the in his bat suit because he's i want to be batman um which again, like, may, like, will make people think it is him because, like, oh, he fought the monster that was in a bat suit, and yeah, I, I, I don't think it is him. No, no, there's always got to be one more choice. Well, apparently, uh, the next cover is so important that they've actually like blanked it out on the DC website. Ooh, ooh. So whoever it is, we'll see on the cover of nine nine eight. Ooh, interesting. Whoever that might be. Oh, that's going to be fun. I don't know who it could be because they've like exhausted everyone where they straight up say, nah, if it's not Rachel Ghoul, can't be him. Yeah, it can't be Henry Duca because he's dead. He's dead. It's probably not Hugo Strange because that would be a little too obvious. Uh, I know some people have been like, well, what about Hush? This seems like a very Hush MO. Mm, nah, I don't think so. I don't think it would be Hush either. I think Tomas is like, I can do a little better than Hush. I know, I know. Obviously, he's coming in Action Comics issue one thousand, but people are saying, "Oh, it's going to be Arkham Knight," and I'm like, eh, "I don't think so." I hope Arkham especially, Knight, especially, especially because, yeah, yeah. I hope it's his own story, especially since that when, like, well, obviously, this Arkham Knight in the, in the comics won't be Jason Todd. It'll have to be brand new. Yeah, so like, you, then you got to build up this whole story of like why he's doing this and everything and it's kind of going backwards a little bit it would also be a little disappointing to be like oh who's behind this it's the arkham knight who the fuck's the arkham knight yeah like why is he doing this what was his connection to batman does it's not there i'll I'll be disappointed where it's like well here's an answer to one mystery and here's another mystery on top of it (laughs) now tomasi knows his batman history if he's bringing up thaddeus brown and henry ducard and the ninja mask yeah it's it's gonna probably be a character from the fucking golden age we haven't thought of it oh yeah yeah it'll be like like one of batman's teachers or something that we have no idea like like 
completely forgot about. It's it's gonna be like like Lou Moxon or some shit. It's like Lou Moxon wasn't he like the golden age gangster who killed uh, Bruce's parents? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he would do something like that, wouldn't he, Tomasi? <laughs> yeah, it's like hey, and here's a deep cut because I love comics. <laughs> or here's the ten eyed man, or like here's a uh, oh god, what's it's the Mad Monk? It's the first villain. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Oh jeez, that'd little, be pretty cool though. I'd be fine with. I'm like, someone should do a good version of the Mad Monk. He's the first traditional supervillain Batman ever fought, and no one can do anything interesting with the Mad Monk. No, probably because his name is the Mad Monk. <laughs> I'd shorten his name and just call him the Monk, or, or Monk, or or yeah, or Monk, and it's just t- Tony Shalhoub. Just Tony Shalhoub, <laughs> Batman's greatest foe, Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> His OCD is getting out of control. I mean, hey, uh, there's a Batman villain that represents every type of mental illness out there, so yeah, they should have a character who just has OCD. (laughs) The the sad part is is he can never actually commit any crimes because he obsesses over it too much. Yeah, he gets bogged down in it, and the cops like catch him mid kill or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, God damn it! <laughs> no, I was gonna, I was gonna set an elaborate trap for Batman. I was gonna do somebody elaborate. Ah, crap! <laughs> the tragedy of the OCD, sir. <laughs> but yeah, Detective Comics is great. I can't wait to see where it goes. It's so nice to like a Batman book again. I know, right? I know. <laughs> oh, I, I have one more book I read. What's that? Spider Man. Ooh, I haven't read this one yet. I'm a couple of issues behind, but I'm kind of up to date on where it is at, though. It's, it's interesting. This is kind of a breather issue after the big J. Jonah arc. Uh, basically, <laughs> we get, like, three short stories involving Spider-Man and uh, a bunch of the people he's hanging out with. Uh, they focus on the Lizard, who I feel actually needed some good focus because his continuity's been yep. all over the damn place. They, they go, uh, it's him, MJ, and Aunt May, and they go to dinner at the Connors' house, which is in the sewer still. <laughs> <laughs> and Connor and his family, who again, if you'll recall, were perfect clones made by the Jackal, and they would have expired like all the other clones from Clone Conspiracy. And the only reason they were able to survive was because uh, Kurt Connor shot them up with lizard DNA to turn them into lizard monsters like him. Oh no! Yeah, but they're doing good though. <laughs> they're, they're doing all right, you know. They're, they're living in the sewer as monsters. The, the the messed up thing though is Kurt can actually change back and forth. He can be like a were lizard. Yeah. So he can go to the surface and work at the university and mentor Peter again. But his wife and son can't. Oh no. No, and his son is hitting like that teenager age now. He's like, I hate you, Dad. I want to go to the surface and see my friends. That's like you can't, son. You're a horrifying lizard creature. <laughs> Because of what I did. And the son actually states some good press. And he's like, but why, though? My school has mutants in it and inhumans and everything. Why can't I go yeah, as a yeah. little boy? That's true. Yeah. And, and like, Kurt doesn't have a good answer. And he's clearly being, like, an overprotective father and everything. But it's like, yeah, the kid's got some good points. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of freaks in the Marvel Universe. I'm sure he'll fit right in. Heck, he could lie and say he's a mutant and not a weird yeah. clone hybrid. Yeah. Yeah, a mutant, or he could say like, "Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an inhuman," and yeah, he could say he's like all of this stuff. <laughs> he should he should get like obscure. I'm an eternal. <laughs> yes, I am more powerful than everyone yes, here. <laughs> I'm one of those deviant eternals. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> but yeah, that's a story. 
Uh, there's another story involving uh, Craven the Hunter who goes to find Arcade, who was building traps for uh, what is it, the last villain Spider-Man fought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Craven's like, "Yo, I'm like rounding up all the Spider-Man villains who dress as animals, which is like 80% of them." <laughs> And I'm going to have a big hunting party, and I would really like you, uh, Arcade, to build me some shit. <laughs> and Arcade's like, yo, I need some work. Can I, can I talk you into getting some robot tigers? They're more ethical and cost less than the tigers you have now. <laughs> Arcade actually goes on a great bit about how no villain loves death traps anymore. They used to be all the rage, but now no one does it. It's all just revenge kill after revenge killing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm like yeah arcade has a point there are no elaborate death traps anymore that's a that's a lost art form yeah it's a, no 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 one's doing them anymore scooby-doo ruined them <laughs> it was all the rage back in the silver age <laughs> and why does batman not dance anymore <laughs> but yeah and then the final third story is aunt may uh who's trying to get her finances in order because obviously she has a dead husband now and she's also been mm -hmm. diagnosed with cancer so this book actually references mm -hmm. what's going on oh, in nice. friendly neighborhood which i appreciated and uh, nice. she, she meets a homeless dude and decides to treat him to lunch and uh, he implies that he was a journalist before he ended up on the street and i'm like oh that's got to be ned Leeds, right back from the dead because he was a clone yeah. too yeah. And I'm like, because he's in the movie, so it's time we start working Ned Leeds back in here, and Jonah lost his job as a radio guy, so they're probably all going back to the paper at some point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then it's headed that way. It's headed that way. Then Rhino comes crashing in because, hey, he's a villain in a costume who is being hunted <laughs> by Black Ant and Taskmaster, who seem to be working for Craven and also seem to be working for the Blue Centipede guy. Yeah, yeah. So, man, they're just working for everybody, aren't they? Yeah, well, that, that, that's the thing. They, they don't care who they work for as long as they get paid. They're morally ambiguous mercenaries, and that's what you do <laughs> when you you got to diversify that portfolio to accumulate. Yeah, well, not only that, isn't the other taskmaster's working for the, the power elite as well, yeah. and yeah, man, <laughs> he's everywhere. He's getting a lot But he didn't work. bring Black Ant with him. It's like, no, yeah. I'll get my foot in the door here, which, which, and then I'll call for you. <laughs> which I respect that, actually, because Captain America is more of a taskmaster villain than anything else, so I like the idea that he's like, no, I have to do this on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can come with me when we menace Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Rhino and Spider-Man team up, which I think is actually quite refreshing because Miles and Rhino are teamed up over in yeah, his yeah. book. So Rhino's like, yeah, I'm not even a bad guy anymore. I'm like barely a bad guy anymore. He's like, hey, I like teaming up with these spider people. Who knew? Yeah, let's let's tag team these guys. And the whole thing ends with like a you know rogue explosion going up. And we don't know if Aunt May is alive or dead, but obviously she's alive because you don't give her cancer and then kill her in an explosion. <laughs> Well, although maybe you do. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> like, you thought your she was gonna get cancer. Yeah, but she blew up. Take that. I that, that's like that's like 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 Tom King's. Like, I'm gonna give her cancer. It's gonna be this big story. Dick cancer's like not on my watch. Yeah, blow up. <laughs> it's funny too. Where it's like, well, what's Aunt May doing for money now? Uh, apparently, she's really good at online poker. Oh, really? Yes, which is actually a callback to like an issue for, like from like Amazing Spider-Man 336 where she dated like a professional gambler from like uh, Atlantic City that got killed by the oh. vulture. Of course it is. Of, of of course. Yeah, and Nick Spencer's like, well, you think I'm just going to invent Aunt May being good at cards? No, man, go go read this book from back in the day. <laughs> That's a real of thing. Of course it is. 
Which again, you know, it's like with Nick Spencer doing such deep pulls, it's like, well, okay, seriously, who who is that blue centipede guy now with all these deep pulls? Mm. Or is it even a guy? Yeah. Mm. Again, my working theory was that it had to be Carly Cooper because she showed up out of nowhere. Mm. Yeah, she did, didn't she? Right around the time the blue centipede guy started talking like a jilted lover, which Carly Cooper actually is. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that makes a lot of sense because yeah, she was like really mad when mm. when she was like, or like the centipede was really mad when um, uh, when Peter just told uh MJ about uh his time with Felicia. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a friend. I revealed my identity to her. I think that would be Ooh. a cool twist. Also, too, hey, that's in, in kind of a fun way. That's uh, Nick Spencer being like, oh, and who's Spider Man's biggest new villain? Oh, a Dan Slot creation. <laughs> <laughs> which which he can't even own turning her into a villain because slot already did it he already turned her into like monster or whatever some weird goblin op shoot so you know yeah yeah so so she already has practice being a super villain <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was spider-man and that's what i read this week light week all awesome considered awesome yeah so uh, is that it matt is that everything yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, all right then. And hey, we just hit a little over an hour 30, which is, you know, about what we do the show for anyway. Cool. So yeah, I guess on that note, everyone, thank you so much for watching. I hope you liked the new kind of setup I had going on here. With any luck, I'll be doing more shows here. It's definitely brighter. Oh, definitely. It's definitely brighter. I'm enjoying that. Uh, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this show first before anyone else for as little as a dollar. Uh, that really helps myself and Matt out. I get to pay him. I get to keep the show up on SoundCloud, which goes up there every Thursday in audio form. You can download it, carry it around with you. That's always nice. Uh, it's on iTunes, too. We're getting a lot of great feedback on iTunes, and I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, everyone wanted it on iTunes, and it, it's paying off. I should have listened sooner, Joel said. <laughs> uh, I remember that. You kept saying, I'll get to it, I'll uh, get to it. I'll get to it. It's hard. I don't like having to work with Apple things. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, do we have anything else to talk about there, Matt? Anything else we want to shill? Anything at all? Uh, I don't think so, no. I'm, I'm hoping to get back on a regular pattern with my reviews this coming week, so uh, keep an eye out for them. That would be nice. So, yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will be back again next week. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse place. So I have been Cape Joel, and I will bid you goodbye. And I've been Matt, and I'll say goodbye as well. But not in a weird way like I did. <laughs> that's why people, Bye, everyone. That's why people respect you, Matt. Bye-bye.